and the bass keeps running, running, and 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 in this context. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Ronnie versus the World. I am your host, Ron Pashery, and after a one-week hiatus, I am back. And this week, I think I'm going to talk about how much I hate running. Um, which may seem weird because pretty much anything I post on social media anymore is about running. It's become kind of a big part of my life, but I don't like it. Uh, But anyway, before I get into that, first, I just want to address the skipped week last week. I got to Sunday night, and for the I think the first time, like I know I've talked a lot about being unhappy and, and whatnot in recent weeks and months, But for the first time on a Sunday night, I had like the Sunday night blues of just like being depressed about having to go to work the next day. And I just could not bring myself to sit down and sit in front of a microphone and press record and talk. Like I just, there was nothing in my mind that I felt like I wanted to say or needed to say. And then this idea of talking about running, like I kind of wanted to do it throughout the week last week. Uh, And I kept saying, when I get home from work, I'll sit down and record something. And every day this week was just, like, physically taxing, like, mentally draining, and I've been, like, emotionally in not the best state for a while anyway. So I just, like, have not been able to to sit down and do it. So that pretty much is the explanation for not doing anything last week. I just, like, just couldn't bring myself to do it. I think also, like, the idea that this show, as I'm doing it right now, is like winding down and I feel like kind of directionless and like it almost feels a little bit pointless to me at the moment. Uh, That makes it a little hard to stay motivated. So that definitely was a part of it as well. But anyway, uh, before I get into the running stuff, I had a little bit of an epiphany this week and well, last week, I guess, by the time you're hearing this, um, But I think I'm going to allow that to inform the way I behave and carry myself and conduct myself uh, from here forward. So, as you all know, I have not been in, like, the best place. I have not had the best stretch of couple months since returning home from Italy. Um, But anyway, I'm at work on Monday... And I'm, you know, going about doing my job uh, in this grocery store that I'm in. And out of the corner of my eye, like, I can see there's a woman standing there looking at me, like, standing within three feet of me, like, way closer than anyone should really be standing. So I'm just kind of standing there, and eventually I look over to my left, and I see a face that I recognize. And it, I, like, froze for a second, almost like time stood still for a second. And I realized it was this woman named Adrian, who I worked with at Borders like three jobs ago. Uh, the store closed. The last day I worked there was September 17th, 2011. So almost, this was almost eight years to the day. It was like eight years and like four days uh, since I had seen this person. And she gives me a huge hug, says how great it is to see me and that she's been thinking about me. And a couple things like kind of crossed my mind. One is like she didn't like make eye, eye contact with me. She didn't see me straight on. She didn't see my face. She heard me talking. She heard me laughing and saw me standing there, you know, my profile And the fact that she said that she had been recently thinking about me when we haven't seen each other in eight years, haven't talked to each other in eight years. And I was like, huh, we talked for about 15, 20 minutes about what she's up to, a little bit about what I'm up to, uh, a little behind the scenes on me. I usually don't talk too much about what I'm up to or talk too much about myself. I usually will question the person I'm talking to about themselves and let them do most of the talking and I'll just listen. Um, but it was like awesome to see her and it like touched me a little bit 
that she so easily knew who I was after all that time and the fact that like I was someone or something that had crossed her mind recently despite the length of time since we had last seen her talk to each other. So the next day, uh, very similar situation. I'm standing there kind of doing my work, minding my business, and I see two people come up in my peripheral vision, and I just hear someone say, Ronnie? And I look up, and it's a gentleman named Paul, uh, Paulie, as I called him, a guy I worked with at Macy's, who I had not seen since March of 2003. Uh, that was the last time we worked together. We have not seen each other, spoken to each other since then. And he tells me, like, yeah, I was a few aisles down, and I heard your voice, and I came over to make sure that it was actually you. So, again, it's like this person I haven't seen now in, like, 16 years, haven't spoken to in 16 years, heard my voice in a, pl- in a place where they don't expect me to be, like, completely out of context. It'd be one thing if we used to work together, like, I'm still working there and this person doesn't. And they come into this place where they associate me being or expect me to be, and they recognize my voice or whatever. But, you know, me and Paulie talked for probably about 30, 40 minutes, kind of caught up, and it was really nice. But again, like, this length of time of having not seen or spoken to someone, that, like, my voice could be heard completely out of context, and someone knows, like, that's Ronnie, like, that's him. It, it meant something to me both times. Like, one, there's, like, the obvious level of, like, catching up with someone who was once a big part of your life, someone that you cared about and spent a lot of time with and were very fond of. It's always nice to, like, catch up and see that that person's doing well and knowing that they still care about you in in some degree. But, like, to me, that – it said something to me about, like, I had an impact on those two people's lives. Like, I positively impacted them. Like, I meant something to them. They gave a shit about me for a reason. Like, I don't know how many people I could have not spoken to in 16 years and just randomly be in some building, some establishment, whatever, and without any context, hearing a voice and knowing that is that, that, is that person I haven't spoken to in 16 years. I don't know that there are a lot of people that would meet that criteria for me, that would, like, get my attention that way. So during this week that I'm having a lot of trouble, like I said, physically exhausted, mentally worn out, like, emotionally drained, these two interactions that I had and, like, what they kind of meant kind of uplifted me a little bit. And it sort of made me take a step back and realize, like, And I know I've even said this before on this show, and I've talked about this concept a lot of, like, stop judging people based on what they do for a living, how much money they have, like, where they live, what kind of car they drive, what kind of clothes they wear. Like, that's not what is important about a person. What's important about a person is the way they conduct themselves, the way they treat people, the way they treat you, the way you feel when you're around them. Um, Those are the things that matter. And I have not done a good enough job of judging myself through those lenses. I judge myself through all the wrong lenses. I'm not doing what I want to do for a living. I'm not proud of what I do for a living. Therefore, I'm lesser, and it's like I I lose points with myself. I don't make as much money as I would like to make. I'm struggling a little bit financially, scraping by, knock myself some more points off. You know, all these little things that I kind of deduct points from myself with myself. And I kind of have to see that, like, I am more than that. I Like, my value is not in that. My value is in the fact that I do have that type of impact on people, that the people that I'm around do care about me, that I do have a relatively easy time building meaningful relationships with people. And, like, Whenever it is that I eventually die, there are people who will care that I'm gone and 
who will reflect back on the time that I spent in their lives and see me as someone who was a positive in their life, as someone who enhanced their lives. And that is something I'm going to try to focus on more, that like that is where my true value in this world lies, regardless of everything else. The fact that I can be something of importance and someone of importance to other people, the fact that I can make other people happy or make other people feel important or make other people feel special or cared about or loved or whatever or heard, like that's that's the lens that I have to start viewing myself through. Um, and honestly, I'd like everyone to kind of think about that. Even if you didn't have one of these types of experiences recently, even if you do have a great job, even if you do have a great income or you live in your dream house or drive your dream car, whatever, I think everyone would be a lot healthier and would be a lot better in like within our society if you took a little bit more stock of like the impact you have on the people around you as opposed to like what you can accumulate for yourself. I think it's really important. I think it's something that's really easy to lose sight of. I honestly, based on the fact that I'm talking about it, have been incredibly guilty of not being mindful about it, but it's something I'm going to try to be more mindful of and something, honestly, we all should be more mindful of. And if you don't think you have that type of value, if you don't think you provide like personal value to the people around you, like maybe you should start putting more of a priority on that because we'd all be happier if we cared more about the roles we played in each other's lives. Uh, so anyway, uh, to running. And you know what, Adrian, Paulie, if either of you happened to hear this at some point, it really was wonderful to see both of you. You both are people that definitely at the time we knew each other meant a lot to me um, and meant enough to me that, like, I haven't forgotten you. Like, Paulie, I definitely tell stories about Paulie from Macy's, like, fairly often. Like, you're, you're definitely someone that, that comes up in conversations in my life. Uh, and Adrian, you also are someone that I, that I have talked about. I had just talked about you to someone, like, within the last three or four weeks. So, like I said, I want you to know that I was very happy to see you. It was wonderful to talk to you and catch up with you. And hopefully each of us get to do that a little bit further uh, a lot sooner than eight years from now and 16 years from now. Uh, but thank you for finding me at a time when I maybe needed you to find me and making me feel better and important at a time when I needed to feel a little bit better and needed to feel a little bit more important. Like, I appreciate that. It means the world to me. So thank you. Even though that probably wasn't necessarily your intention, like it did affect me that way. Uh, so now on to me hating running. As I said, probably sounds ridiculous because almost all of my outward, like, Communication is about running. Like all of my social media posting is about running. There is very little that I post that is not about running. It has become a huge priority in my life, something that has become like a very big deal to me. And the reason why it has become a big deal to me is because last year I signed up for these two 5Ks in August. I signed up in August. One was at the end of October. One was at the beginning of November. And I thought in these two months, I will be able to get prepared for them and run a 5K. Like that was my goal, to, to complete a 5K running without stopping to walk. Even though at the time I couldn't even run a quarter of a mile without, like, without having to stop. Hurt my Achilles tendon like on my third day of training and never got to fully train and completely failed at both 5Ks. Like, I think the one 5K, I ran for maybe three quarters of a mile and then had to walk most of the rest of it. I probably ran a full mile out of the 3.12 miles that covers a 5K. I finished in last place out of whoever, however many people were there, uh, which is embarrassing. And then at the other one, I didn't even attempt to run. I just walked the whole thing. And like I said, I viewed those as complete failures. 
And I initially said, once I do these two 5Ks, I'm never running long distance again. And then I kind of saw something at these events that had an effect on me. I saw the people at the front of these runs, like the people that did really well, the people that were finishing in like the top three, the top five, the top 10. And as I saw them, you know, bypassing me, lapping me on this course that may, may not have even had laps, you could see on their face that they were, you know, suffering to a degree, that they were in pain, that they were feeling a lot of discomfort, that this was very unpleasant for them. And these are the people that were doing really well. And it just sort of occurred to me like, oh, even when you're really good at this, it's not necessarily pleasurable. Like you're still straining yourself. You're still exerting yourself. You're still like pushing yourself to a certain limit, even if you're really good at this. And I started to view running as like a metaphor for life where you're running you're, you're uncomfortable, you're tired, and there's always the option to stop. And in order to run a full 5K without stopping, you have to keep going. And like quite literally put one foot in front of the other. So I looked at this as like, oh yeah, like when you wake up and have a bad day, you still have to get to the end of it. And the only way you do that is by continuing to put one foot in front of the other and getting to the end of it, you know, persevering through whatever it is that's making it a bad day. Very similar to the way you persevere through the pain and discomfort, uh, the unpleasantness of running, like that's what you have to do to get through a bad day or a bad week or a bad month or a bad year or even like an entire rough patch in your life and really your whole life, like you're putting one foot in front of the other. So I looked at this as like a metaphor for life. Also, I looked at it as another thing I've talked about a lot on this podcast, mental toughness and an ability to push through adversity, how I don't necessarily have that ability. Like I have spent my whole life trying to avoid discomfort, trying to avoid adversity, trying to stay in a place of safety. And that is probably a big part of the reason why I have not achieved the things that I've wanted to achieve because I haven't put myself in position of discomfort enough or positions of adversity enough. Or when I have faced that adversity, I have found a way to like walk around it instead of overcoming it. So I looked at it like that. If I could train myself to run, which is this thing I don't like doing, this thing that is painful for me, this thing that's uncomfortable for me, if I can find a way to actually do this and do it with some regularity, I could like learn life lessons from it. I could learn to overcome adversity. So back in February is when I really started to try to screw my head on straight after kind of like a depressive period in January where I could barely get myself out of bed for like entire days at a time. In February, I decided I was going to really focus on, you know, my very famous goal of getting under 200 pounds by my 40th birthday, which I did. But I was going to do that by controlling my diet and exercise habits. And one of those exercise habits was like, a priority on running, knowing I'm going to sign up for these two 5Ks again in the last weekend of October and the first weekend of November. And my goal this year is to actually be able to run 5K without stopping. And in February, I could not run a half mile without stopping. It was impossible for me to do. And over time, I gradually got myself, I think in Late April or early May, I ran a full mile for the first time, and it was horrible. I felt terrible during it. I felt terrible after it, um, and immediately thought, how am I ever going to convince myself to do this again? But I continued to do it again. And then eventually I got myself to be able to run like 1.65 miles, which sounds like a ridiculously specific number, but there's a course I mapped through my neighborhood where from leaving my house and getting back to my house is 1.65 miles. So I was able to eventually complete that full lap. And then 
leading up to me going to Italy in, I think it was July 11th we left. I can't remember. July 12th. I was having trouble going any further than that. And went to Italy, did a ton of walking, you know, up hills, up stairs, a lot of walking, but ate, you know, a lot of stuff I hadn't been eating. Uh, even though I didn't gain much weight while I was there, I felt like I definitely had to have regressed. And then coming right back into this job and doing Uber Eats at night, there were a couple weeks where I was not really exercising at all and I was eating terribly. So the first night I go out to run, I'm like, oh, this is going to be horrible. I'm probably going to be almost back to square one. And I managed to make it for the first time two miles. Have no idea where that came from, but I was able to do it. And then I was able to get myself to two and a half miles and then 2.7 miles. And I started seeing like, oh, I have to get to 3.12 miles to get 5K. Like I'm actually getting there. I'm getting close. And... After I had gotten to like 2.72 miles, I think it was, the next couple times I ran, I couldn't even make it to two and a half miles. Like something in my mind was like, you can't do this and prevented me from being able to do it. So on August 18th, I set out for a run and my thought was, I hope I can run 5K tonight. Like that was my goal. And I hoped I could do it. And I always do like a five-minute walk before I start running, like to, to kind of warm my legs up and get my heart rate going a little bit before I start running. And during that five-minute walk, I made this decision of like, you know what? No, I don't hope I do 5K tonight. I am doing 5K tonight. And before I get any further, my, so my goal, my first goal was to, to be able to complete 5K. But my ultimate goal for running these five, excuse me, 5K races was to, to complete 5K in under 30 minutes, which isn't a super impressive time. But for me, I thought if I go one year from like not being able to even run a half mile to now being able to run 5K in under 30 minutes, I'd be very satisfied with that and proud of that. So August 18th, like I said, I had this mindset of I'm running 5K tonight. My Time didn't matter. It was just this distance I was going to tackle for the first time. Set out to do this run. I make it 5K in 30 minutes and 23 seconds. So not far off from the goal I had. So I was like, wow, like I did it. And immediately, like I had this pride when I did it. And then I woke up the next day and was just feeling like, huh, I still have to shave 24 seconds off this to have my goal of being under 30 minutes. I was dead when I finished this thing last night. How am I going to do any better than that? And the next night, you know, I gave myself a day off and ran the next night and pushed myself a little harder and did it in 28 minutes and 30 seconds. So shaved almost two minutes off that time. And I was like, all right, like progress, like a lot of progress. Now, like I've done this twice in a row. And then, you know, was able to, to get my next time down to like 27 minutes and six seconds. And I'm like, wow, I'm like really rapidly progressing here. And had like a rough week in there where I kind of needed some extra money. So I was working around the clock, didn't get to run for a full week and came back to it. And couldn't run the, the full 5K. Like, I think I made it, like, instead of 3.12 miles, I think I might have made it, like, two and a half and had to stop. And that happened to me two times in a row. And now I'm doubting myself again. Like, I, like I knew it. I, I can't do this distance. Like, it was a fluke that I did it in the first place. And then eventually I gradually got back into it again. And for, like, maybe five or six times in a row, I was, like, between – 27 to 28 minutes a few times in a row, but I still wasn't feeling like good about it. Like I wasn't feeling like I was accomplishing anything, even though like in anyone's right mind, you would say like you have accomplished something, you're doing something you couldn't do before and doing it with like relative consistency. Like I think I ran 
the 5K distance eight times in 24 days. So that's like one out of every three days. I was just going out and running 5K. But it like wasn't enough for me for whatever reason. And then I start thinking like, I know why it is. I know why I don't feel good about it. I know why I'm apprehensive about it and anxious about it. It's because I am worried about the course I have to run at Rose Tree Park in media. If you're from the Delaware County area, I assume you know Rose Tree Park. If you're not, Rose Tree Park is where the uh, the Bark in the Park 5K event is. And it is treacherously hilly, like a lot of hills, a lot of inclines, a lot of declines, a lot of like uneven ground at this course. And it was like, oh, I know why I don't feel good about this because I'm legitimately afraid of doing this course. I'm running on mostly flat level ground through my neighborhood. There's some incline and decline, but nothing that significant. So I'm like, that's where this is coming from. I'm afraid that I can't handle the hills at Rose Tree Park. So last week, uh, there were a couple days that I was working literally like a five-minute drive down the road from Rose Tree Park. So on Monday after work, I drive over to Rose Tree Park. I take a walk around just, just to see if it was as bad as I remembered. And it was worse than I remembered. So I get home that day on Monday, and I'm like, okay, tomorrow after work, I'm coming here and going for a run. And I was having, like, almost an anxiety attack. Overnight, like, I was having trouble sleeping. Get to work, I was having trouble focusing on anything but going to Rose Tree Park and running. Actually, this was two weeks ago, I think. So show up on Tuesday and do a little warm-up walk, and I'm actually finding myself finding any like extra stretching to do, extra kind of updating to my playlist, any excuse I could find to not actually start running because I was afraid I wouldn't be able to finish it. And then I convinced myself like, okay, look, even if you can't finish it, like this is just the first try. Like you're going to see what it's like. You're going to get a gauge of what it feels like to run here. And then if you can't finish it today, you'll work up to it. So I went out and, and started running and tried to pace myself properly and actually finished the full 5K in 29 minutes and 59 seconds. So the first time I tried to run at Rose Tree Park, I was able to complete the distance and did it in one second under the goal that I had set for myself. So I did it and I was feeling good and I was feeling proud of myself. And I was like, oh, I did it. Like, I can do this. There was part of me in my mind that was like, I don't know how I'm ever going to get myself to do this again because my legs were killing me. I was exhausted. I was worn down. But I was trying to avoid thinking about that part. I was trying to focus on the fact that I had already reached my goal uh, over a month before the actual race day. So I get home and I'm thinking about it and I'm remembering Spike Eskin, also who I've mentioned uh on this show before. He is the team captain of our Rights to Ricky Sanchez Bark in the Park team. We are up to 88 members. If anyone listening would like to be a part of the team, we have a goal of getting to 100 team members by October 26th. We need 12 more people. You don't have to do the run. You could do the one and a half mile walk. If you have a dog, you could bring your dog to the Bark in the Park event and walk your dog. Uh, they could hang out with all the other dogs. You could enter them in a variety of dog contests. I believe they have these costume contests, best lap dog, uh, best kisser. I forget. They had like five or six different dog contests. But uh, look it up, Bark in the Park 2019 in Media, Pennsylvania. Sign up for the Rights to Ricky Sanchez team if you'd like to run with me or walk with the Rights to Ricky Sanchez team. We need 12 members. But Spike actually finished in first place in the 40 to 49-year-old division, which I have now entered as I turned 40 in May. So for whatever reason, it crosses my mind. Like, let me see if I could find the results from last year's event and, like, see, just see how far off I am from, from where he was. And I find the results from last year. I look in the, the male 40 to 49 category, and I see that Spike ran in like a, a 27 minutes and 33 seconds around there, 27, 35, something like that. 
So I was like, okay, I'm not too far off of that. In my neighborhood, I've I've run better than that. So with another month of practice, I, I might get like relatively close to that. And the day I looked, I think I was like third or fourth in the age group. So I was like, oh, not bad. Like, it's actually pretty good. Then I'm like, well, let me see how I compared to the whole field. And I look and my time of 29.59 would have been top 50 in the event out of I forget how many contestants it was. I think there's like 370 people entered this year. So maybe somewhere on there, I'm not sure. But I'm like, oh, I must be better than I thought. I would have finished in exactly 50th place at 29 minutes and 59 seconds. And then I looked at 49th place. And the person in 49th place was a 79-year-old woman. And immediately all my pride was flushed down the toilet. Like all this, and I would have lost to, to an old lady anyway. And granted, I know there are a lot of people in their 70s and 80s that have been running regularly for 30 or 40 or 50 years. And I'm really kind of still a beginner. So, like, I get it. It's nothing really to be ashamed of. But in my mind, I'm like, well, I wouldn't have really lost to this 79-year-old woman. If I saw her that close to me, I would have just busted my ass and and passed her before the end. And then I just start thinking, like, what's more ridiculous? The idea that I would feel the need to bust my ass just to beat some 79-year-old lady or the fact that I would actually have to to beat this 79-year-old lady. So now I decide, like, I'm, I'm having all this anxiety again. I'm like, okay, I did it today, but, like, what if I can't do it again? Um, what if, like, this is the best it's going to get? So I gave myself a day off, and then I went back on Thursday and did it again and managed to do the course in 28 minutes and 10 seconds. So, like, a minute and 50 seconds faster. was able to push myself harder. Now, I push myself, like, to my limit. And at that point, I'm like, okay, I would have been in second place in my age group. I would have been like top 40 or top 35 overall with this time. And now I'm like projecting forward. Like, I wonder how low I could get my time like in the next, you know, five weeks if I'm, if I keep training, like how low could I actually get this to go? And the next day, Friday, I don't work. So I wake up. And I decide, you know, I'm going to go run through the neighborhood. I haven't done this in a little while. I challenge myself with the hills at Rose Tree. Let me see what I could do through my neighborhood. I haven't done it. I'm going to push myself, see what I do. And my previous best through my neighborhood was 2706. Uh, Last Friday, I was able to do it in 25 minutes and 46 seconds. So knocked a minute and 20 off my time. And I finished that, and I was like, wow. Like, I was legitimately proud of that and, like, surprised how fast I did it. Couldn't believe it, actually. And then again, I start getting this thing in my head of, like, well, that's probably the best you're ever going to do. You're never going to be able to do that again. You're never going to be able to push yourself that hard again. And I took two days off. And I was like, all right, on Monday, I'll go back out after work, run at Rose Tree, see how it goes. Um, go out on Monday, and this is after, you know, doing the Rose Tree course in 2810, which was pretty good, and then doing a 2546 through my neighborhood, which I felt like was really good, go out on Monday and can't finish the course. I get to 2.8 miles and have to stop, like literally couldn't take another stride, had to stop and walk, and immediately... So, like, here's what I, what I was thinking. Here's, like, what I had been thinking. Last year, I run for Kaya was the first event that I did. And a few days before the event, I wasn't able to run a full 5K, but I somehow managed to push myself to run, like, two miles out of the three. So it's, like, intermittent running and walking. I was able to run two miles and walk a mile. And I thought that's what I was going to be able to do at I run for Kaya or maybe even thought with other people running alongside me, some adrenaline would push me to maybe even be able to run a little more than I had before. And as I said, I only was able to run like a little less than a mile and walk the rest. Um, so like, like I wasn't able to even come close to what I wanted to, to accomplish 
last year. So I've had this feeling in the back of my mind, like whatever it is I do leading up to this, you're not going to be able to do it on the day of the actual run. Like you're going to fail on the day of. The day that it matters, you won't be able to do the thing that you're training to do, the thing that you're setting out to do. I have like that specific doubt in my mind. Like the day of, when it matters, you're not going to be able to do it. So I go out there on Monday, can't do it, and I'm like, see, I was right. Like when the day comes, this is what's going to happen to me. I'm not going to be able to do it. And it's like all that fear, all that doubt was validated, and now I can't push it out. And it's all I could think about is that I can't, I can't do this. Um, so I go back out on Wednesday night, I believe. I was like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to just try to run a slow pace through my neighborhood and see what happens. So I go out through my neighborhood, I slow it down, and I actually run a full 5K in like, I don't know, 29 and a half minutes. So I'm like, okay, I did the distance, but like I did it really slow. I still don't feel great. I'm not going to feel good until I could do this distance at Rose Tree again. So today I went out, you know, this morning, uh, Sunday, uh, and I just tell myself, like, try not to worry too much about the time. Like, just try to get the distance in. And actually, I'm forgetting this. Wednesday, I did go to Rose Tree and did do the full distance. And I did it in like 29 minutes and 36 seconds. So it's like, okay, I did it. But I was so much slower than the last time I did it. I did it in 28.10 last Thursday. Why on this, I guess I did it on Friday. On this Friday, why am I a minute and a half slower? Like, how did I lose that much time in the course of a week? Like, what happened? So that doubt is still there. Like you're regressing, you peaked already, you still have a month to go and like you're, you're going backwards. So today I went out and I told myself like, don't push yourself too hard. Like do, do enough to where you feel like you're pushing yourself, but don't overdo it where you have to stop. So I did it today, felt okay doing it. And I actually did it in, I believe, 27 minutes and 55 seconds. So the, I would say that is the best run I've had so far, even considering the 25, 46 I had through the neighborhood last week. That was the best I did because one of the goals I have now set for myself is like I'm not going to be satisfied running the day of on October 26th under 30 minutes. Like if I run a 29, 45 I'm not going to be happy with that. I'm not going to be pleased with that. At this point, any, like if I'm not running under 28 minutes, I'm going to be unhappy with it and feel like I failed. So the fact that I was able to go out there today after feeling like I had failed for a couple weeks, it was like, okay, like I'm back on the right track. So I know this was like a long story of me just talking about times. This probably has not been all that interesting. But what I really wanted to get to was like, this idea of like self-doubt and self-confidence, as much as I hate running, as miserable as it is, as uncomfortable as it is, as unpainful as it is, as much as I hate it before I start, while I'm doing it, and as soon as I'm done with it, like it actually has been very helpful and very beneficial to me because what I'm realizing is, yes, it is a metaphor for life. Uh, I think me being able to do that whole one foot in front of the other and just like keep going despite the obstacles you're facing in this moment, like eventually they're going to be over. But like while they're there, keep pushing through them. Like that is something that I think it is starting to help me because like a month ago, two months ago when I was sitting down to do this podcast, my brain was very clouded and my ability to just like function as a real person, like function as myself, be social the way I've always been, be interactive with people the way I've always been. Uh, like that was like non-existent for me. And I almost couldn't see how to be that way anymore. And now I'm seeing like a little bit of light there that I didn't before. And I've 
had to start interacting a little bit with other people a little more. And I'm getting through it. It's like, okay, I'm starting to be able to apply these lessons from running into my life in like a positive, meaningful way. Uh, But the other thing is like, I guess in a way I love running because like I said, it, it teaches you something about yourself because every time I go out to do it, there is a desire to accomplish a certain thing. There is a way that I want to accomplish that thing. And then there's always a little bit of doubt as to whether I can accomplish it, you know, in the general sense of like just doing it and or doing it the way I want, like both of those things. And then during it, there is constant adversity because 30 seconds into a run, my brain is already trying to find ways to convince me I can stop. And it is always easy to stop. And I'm always fighting the temptation and the desire to stop. But I believe I've now run a full 5K 13 or 14 times in the last, I don't know, 40 days. Every time I'm setting out to do that, if if it's taking me 28 minutes to do, and within the first minute I'm already feeling the temptation to stop, that's 27 minutes that I'm overcoming that obstacle. Um, It's like a constant, every stride is overcoming that temptation, resisting that temptation, and persevering through that adversity. Um, And like I said, it's impacting my actual life. It's impacting my psyche a little bit. Um, It's impacting like my physical health, my mental health, my emotional health. It's forcing me to realize finally that if you do apply yourself, you can accomplish things. And I know I probably should have felt that way based on like the weight loss alone. Like a lot of people can't, like I've officially lost 60 pounds now. The last time I weighed myself, I think three or four days ago, I was 175. Started at 235 in mid-February, 175 uh, by like mid to late September. So you'd think that I'd feel accomplished like by that. But like, I really didn't because I think all I thought was like, I didn't do anything that anyone else could have done if they just controlled the way they ate and the way they exercised. Uh, Like that's really all it was. And dieting is more, I just made my food intake like a habit. I eat these meals at these times and that's what I do. And That didn't feel like an accomplishment to me. That just felt almost like I scientifically just figured out how to make something happen to my body. Uh, But with running, you are actively doing something. And each time you go out to do it is its own unique circumstance. Like what you ate that day may be different. Your energy level may be different. Like maybe the one day you're running, you had a day off. The other day you're running after you worked a full day. Like there's all these different variables, like maybe you you have allergies bothering you on this day. Maybe you had a cold for a few days, like whatever it is. Maybe you only got three hours sleep last night. Each thing is its own individual experience and its own obstacle that you need to overcome in its own individual way. It teaches you a lot more about yourself than just like being on a very restrictive diet for a long time because that's almost like forcing yourself to do something. Whereas this is like over time, you're doing something over and over and over again and you're not necessarily going to get better every time. And that's the part that I'm, it's like another part that I'm kind of trying to associate with life. And this is something Sam Hinkie talked about with the process with the Sixers is like, like basically success and growth are not linear. It's not like you win 20 games one year, you win 30 games the next year, 40 games the next year, 50 games the next year, 60 games the year after, and then you win a championship. It doesn't work that way. You might win 15 games four years in a row, and then all of a sudden you win 50. That's kind of what happened to the Sixers. I feel like that is what is happening with me with running. Is like I kind of was at the bottom and was kind of going up and down in that bottom tier of what I wanted to do. And now I've kind of shot up a little bit. So it's like, that's good that I've made that progress. But then there's also like, it's now harder to match 
what I did. It's more difficult, like for me to go out at Rose Tree again and run equal or better than 27 minutes and 54 seconds is going to require a lot more. It's going to require a lot more effort. It's going to require me to be a lot better. Uh, and I don't know if I can do it, but that's kind of like there's that challenge there now. And now I'm starting to learn how to accept a challenge and face a challenge and like accomplish something within a challenge. Uh, I feel like that is going to help me a lot with my self-confidence, which is almost zero. That's going to help me overcome my self-doubt, which is at like 100. Um, but I have to learn that like just because every time I try to do something isn't going to be the best I've ever done it doesn't mean like I failed, doesn't mean it wasn't worth doing, doesn't mean the next time won't be the best I ever did or four times from now won't be the best I ever did. What I need to do is like take a step back, like the, I hate to use this phrase, but like the 10,000 foot view and realize this time last year, I could not run a mile straight. I had no prayer of completing a full 5k. And now I know that I could go out at just about any time and, and do it. Like, like I said, I've done it almost, I've done it over a dozen times now in the last six weeks. I can do it. Now it's just a matter of like, what are, what are my times going to be? And at a certain point, does that time even really matter? Like I'm not running for like, like a cross country team. I'm not in these like real competitions, but that's another thing that I'm learning is like, I'm now competing with myself and I'm hoping that that can be something that I apply to life. Stop looking at like the things I'm trying to do and seeing all the other people that are doing it better than me or that have been more successful than me already and comparing myself to them, just start trying to be the best that I can be. That's the next lesson that I'm going to really try to learn from this. So running, I hate it. It's miserable, uncomfortable, painful, tiring, exhausting, draining, and there's nothing about it that's fun to me. But I also think I kind of love it because it is teaching me a lot about myself and it is helping me to get more out of myself. So like maybe the lesson that I want for all of you who have made it this far in this episode of the podcast, I'm not going to tell everyone that you need to run because you don't. But what I'm, what I am going to suggest to you is that you find whatever your running is, like whether that is painting or drawing or writing or whatever, walking, like I, I don't care what it is. Find something for you that you're not necessarily good at, something that you maybe have some desire to be better at, and something that you want to pursue, something that is going to really challenge you and really take effort on your part to make progress. Whatever it is, find it, because I promise you it will be helpful and beneficial to you in your life, whatever it is. Um, it will teach you about your limits. It will teach you how to expand your limits, how to go beyond your own limits. It will teach you that your limits may not be limits at all, that what you think are your limits may actually be limitless. If you asked me two years ago, will you ever even attempt to run a 5K, I would have told you absolutely not, never. I have no desire to do it. If you asked me a year ago, do you think you could complete a 5K? I would say no, I probably can't. If you asked me six months ago, do you think you'll ever run a 5K in under 30 minutes? I would have said no. And if you ask me right now, do you think that you will complete your 5K at Rose Tree Park on October 26th, 2019 at Bark in the Park? Will you complete that 5K in under 28 minutes? There's part of me that says no, and there's part of me that says yes. So, like, to me, that means the answer is maybe. So that's clearly progress because now I'm not doubting 100% what I'm capable of. I've expanded my limits where it comes to running. Me expanding those limits where it comes to running, it's starting to slowly but surely bleed into other areas of my life. So find your running. Find what it is. Like, do it regularly, do it consistently, 
Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Allow it to be the exercise that it is in allowing you to challenge yourself and challenging yourself to grow. Um, so with that being said, uh, me talking about this bleeding into other areas of my life, I finally am ready to start taking steps back into what my life was like before, partially because of running, partially because of those two personal experiences I had with those two people who I knew from previous iterations of my life. I want to start stepping my toe back into being who it is that I was, being who it is that I am. Like I'm trying to be the more complete version of me. Like, yes, I invested into all that weight loss. Now I've invested into all this running. Now it's time for me to be able to invest in all these things without sacrificing everything else about myself. So starting, well, tomorrow for me, if you're listening to this on Monday, starting today, I'm going to slowly start dipping my toe back into the waters of communicating with the people around me again who I have not been able to face for the last few months. So, again, I'm not going to necessarily apologize because it wasn't personal and it was time that I needed to take to figure some things out. And some of it was just like a legitimate difficulty for me to deal with. And I hope you would under like be understanding of that, whether you think it's ridiculous or not, or whether you think I'm being a baby or not. It was something that was very difficult for me to like face a lot of people because of how disappointed I was in myself. I'm going to start doing that. I'm not going to try to, I'm going to do it. So any of you that are still willing to talk to me and still willing to be my friend, I will be happy to have you on board. Anyone that has checked out or moved on or decided that I am not for you anymore, I understand that I'm sure our, both of our lives will be just fine. Um, so yes, look forward to hearing from me or don't. Um, if you do hear from me, hopefully I hear back from you, but I understand if I don't. Uh, who am I to get mad at anyone for not getting back to me? I don't feel like I have, I have any reason or any place to do that. Uh, but find your running, challenge yourself, grow, get the most out of yourself, be the best version of yourself that you can be, and do a better job at all of this than I have. I feel like I've probably gone about this in maybe about the most unhealthy way possible, but I'm ready to come out on the other side healthier than I've ever been, physically, mentally, emotionally, and I hope all of you are going to be along for the ride with me. So, that being said, that is it for Ronnie versus the World. I am Ron Pashery, and I will see you next week. <laughs>